This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. We're in our uh, final piece of a series that I've called Home for the Holidays. And this month, being five Sundays, one of which was our Christmas service, the first three Sundays, I really preached the series hard and strong. And the series is really caught up in this visual. If you'll look at this visual, that's, a, that's actually a picture of my mother's childhood home and living room when she was a little baby girl. And that, I, I just want to get you the visual of what that is. First of all, it's not perfect. That, that's, a, that's a normal family with, with, with all types of issues and dysfunctions like every family has. But the image, the image of that really creates a, a healthy family. Healthy families don't have to be perfect families. Can I get an amen to that? I don't know why my wife amens so loudly, but it's true. Um, we don't have to be perfect. We just want to be healthy. And, and that image is of a, of a healthy family. So I took this month, and uh, knowing we were going into Christmas, and, and knowing we were, had big holidays and times together, I wanted to kind of preach around what, what I feel makes for a healthy family. So the very first Sunday of the month, I preached on uh, the gift, the gift of a healthy marriage. And then I followed it up with the gift of a healthy family. And we, we, we talked about parenting and, and such. Just yesterday, uh, we were out as a family of our four, and we were, we were doing some uh, errand running. And we, we got to a place where my little eight-year-old was, was getting a little cranky, getting a little bossy. And some of you that were here for week number two, you're going to get this inside, this, this Calvary Church inside joke with a little wink attached. So she was getting a little cranky and a little bossy. And my 13-year-old, hey, Dad, yeah, do you not remember your sermon? What sermon? You know, you're going to let your daughter call the shots in this family? I was like, oh, snap. It's easy to preach, hard to live. And uh, I, I thought, yeah, you're right. You're right. Both of you shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you were here for that Sunday, you'll understand that. But then we followed that up with week number three, the gift. Because these are gifts. These are gifts that you give. You give your family a healthy marriage. You give your, your, yourselves a healthy family. And then week number three was the big one because I purposely put it right before Christmas. The gift of financial peace. You control that. Your employer doesn't control your financial solvency. Uh, this, this economy doesn't control that. You control it. So, so what God has blessed you with, you control it. And make it a blessing. Work your garden. And it will work for you. So that was a great deal and great day. And then we moved right into our Christmas Sunday. So we find ourselves with our last piece. And here it is, guys. The gift of a healthy church. So let's get started. I believe that these three critical decisions should be made by every single one of us. The first of which is the big boy. This is as big of a decision you'll ever make. At some point in your age, 
You'll come to an age of accountability with God. And you will have to make the decision to choose life. To choose Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Before we go home today, I'm going to give you that opportunity to make the choice today. To close out a year and to start a new one by making Jesus your Lord and Savior. But once you make the decision for Christ, I believe your next big decision is choosing the right relationships. It matters who you run with. If you choose Christ at 8 years old or 80 years old, if God grants you life thereafter, it matters who you run with. My, my pastor, which is here today in service, Bishop Ron Lyles, he's always told me and he's always told our church through the years that if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. It matters who you're doing life with. So choose Jesus, choose the right relationships, and then I believe that third and final critical, critical choice that only you can make is to choose a healthy community of faith. We call it a church. Choose who you want to worship with. Choose who, who, who you want to be in community with. And there are so many excellent, wonderful churches all around. I believe that Calvary is one of those. It's not perfect, but it's a healthy church. And choosing your body... Uh, that, that you worship with is critical in your relationship with Christ and with your friends. Can I get an amen on that? So let's look and see where all this started. Matthew chapter 16 is going to open up our eyes to something I believe every believer needs to. Uh, if this is the first time you've learned it or if you just need to be reminded of it, I believe this is critical. And that is... There is the local church, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But there's something that every local church sits under. And that is the banner of the church. The church that Jesus gave his life for. Some people would call it the, it's the universal church of God. Or others would call it, it's the church of Of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you kind of want some Bible tied into this. It's the bride of Christ. It's his church. A few years ago. uh, We gave away some t-shirts. During a series we did. And some of you remember this. The t-shirts are probably a little bit worn out by now. Because it's been a while. Maybe we should revisit that series it was a fun one but we all had t-shirts given out everybody got a t-shirt for a month or so called I love my church well this this is okay to call Calvary your church but when it comes to the church it's his church how do we know it's his because he gave his life for his church and his church is represented all around the beautiful campus of the earth. It's in every nation. It's in every corner. His church is well represented 
and it's a healthy church. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be a part of that. Matthew 16, here we go. This is where it all started. When Jesus came into, uh, verse 13, by the way, reading King James. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some, Elias, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15. He saith unto them, But whom do ye say that I am? I'm not worried about what other people think. What do you think? You're my disciples, by the way. And it was Simon Peter that answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, Petros, meaning rock. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Note the possessiveness of Jesus when he says it's his church. God has built and is continuing to populate his church. Every single day, all around the world, there are students and men and women of all race, of, of, of both genders, of all colors, of all education and social class that come into the family of God, the church that he purchased with his own blood. Now, you need to get this today. It's critical that you get this clear in your mind, okay? Because I know where I'm preaching. <laughs> I know I'm preaching in the South. I'm preaching in the Bible Belt. I'm preaching at 700 McPherson Road in Fort Worth. And it's critical that we get our thinking right when it comes to this issue. His church, it's not a Baptist church. It's not a Pentecostal church. It's not a Methodist church. It's not a Northern church. It, it might be a little southern, but it's not a northern church. It's not a southern church. It's not a west coast church. It's not an east coast church. What is it? It's, it's his church. The label that it carries is it's his church. And, and I, I just want everybody to understand that most denominations that, that have been made of man, most of them at times, if not careful, might might accidentally, I don't think anybody does it maliciously, but you can slide into the mindset that, that, you, have, that you have a corner on God, that, that it's just your little four and no more. And can I just be real clear today and tell you that it's all around the earth today that humanity, all of creation that chooses to place their faith in the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible said, whosoever would, Believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. So it's not so much the, the sign in the yard. It's the blood that's over the heart. And ladies and gentlemen, you and I that have placed our faith in Jesus, we're a part of a church that's bigger than this building. We're a part of the church of Jesus Christ. The bride of Christ. Someone say amen today. And I don't know how you feel about it, but that encourages me to know that, uh, 
Uh, for instance, I'll, I'll say this to you. Uh, yesterday, I made a hospital visit. And while at the hospital, this, this lady in the hospital I was visiting shared with me that she has put it together through a few conversations that she has a relative in our church that she never knew that they were, that they were related. She's only been in our church a few months. And she said, you're not going to believe this. It goes back to my great-grand, uh, no, uh, it was to her grandmother. And then this gentleman's mother, which the gentleman's in his 70s, I believe. Long story short, isn't it neat to know that you have relatives in the family of God all around the world? It's fascinating. Some of you have received my email I sent an email out just this past week concerning a special invitation by me for just a handful of you to join me in the month of February. I'll be returning to Haiti, somewhere that I love to go and and somewhere that I've been many, many times. I sent an email out inviting some of you. Uh, It's a very small group. There's only going to be about five of us make this particular trip. And this trip, we'll be there to, to look and see and to experience where our missions dollars have been working so well for us. I'll be speaking there, doing a little coaching and teaching while I'm there. But those that would like to go, you'll experience something that you've never experienced in your life before if you've never been uh, into a foreign place that loves the same Lord that you love. You will speak a language. It will not be French Creole, but you'll speak the language of God. And you will experience something special. It's just a very short trip. It's just a few days in February. I believe the dates are 18th through the 20th. My mind's clear enough to remember that. But uh, you send, I, I sent an email to you. And if you haven't received that email, it's because you probably haven't been on Calvary Connect and updated your system. So get to that. And I want you to recognize and experience the feeling of holding the hand of another believer, of a different of a different background and culture, of a different philosophical upbringing, a different of mindset. But now they, just like we, have come under the covering of Jesus and old things have become new. And we've been born again into the family of God. Can I get an amen today? Now, with that established, All around the world, there are breakout groups. They're called local churches. You're sitting in one of those today. And it's critical for us to get and understand the purpose of the local church. This sermon today is really for those that are raising children. Those that have uh, oversight of your grandkids. If you're a grandfather or grandmother today and, and you get time during the week with your grandchildren grandchildren or if you're a mom or dad this sermon's really for you because it's critical that we that we speak and we lead and we impart the purpose of the local church what's the purpose of Calvary Church in South Fort Worth well I believe that one of the great places to look at that is in the book of Genesis chapter 6 and chapter 7 the book of Genesis chapter 6 and 7 And I'm going to go into uh, the message transliteration of Scripture just simply for the ease of reading. Uh, So for some of you that want to have your Bible open or your Bible app, you feel free to to, to read whichever translation you choose. This is simply for public reading to help you understand 
what, what I'm trying, to, the point I'm trying to make. If, if you look in the book of Genesis chapter 6 and, verse, and, and chapter 7 rather, I'm reading from the message. I want to show you these three correlations. The days and the culture, the times of Noah to the times we're living in. I want to show you also the purpose of the ark that Noah built and how that correlates with the purpose of the church. Watch this. God saw that human evil was out of control. This is verse 5 of Genesis chapter 6. People thought evil, imagined evil, evil from morning to night. Look at verse 8. But Noah was different. God liked what he saw in Noah. Noah was a good man. He was a man of integrity in his community. The first part of verse 10, Noah walked with God. Picking up in 11 and 12, as far as God was concerned, the earth had become a sewer. There was violence everywhere. Sound familiar? Can I just take a moment and tell you, have you seen the news promoting New Year's Eve in New York City and the thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars spent just on security. Now we have police drones in, in flight. We have street blocking cars. We have SWAT teams everywhere. What are they protecting us from? Evil people. People that mean harm. And, and I just trying to show you the, the, the correlation between the days we're in and the days of Noah. Watch what it says now, continuing on. It says, there was violence everywhere, and God took one look and, how, and saw how bad it was. Everyone corrupting, corrupting. Life itself corrupt to the core. Verse 13, and God said to Noah, build yourself a ship. Picking up in 18 through 21. But I'm going to establish a covenant with you. You're going to board the ship with your sons, your wife, your son's wives will come on board with you. And you're also to take two of each living creature, a male and a female, on board the ship to preserve their lives with you. Two of every species of bird, mammal and reptile, two of everything, so as to preserve their lives along with yours. Verse 22 of chapter 6, and Noah did everything God commanded him to do. And then over in chapter 7, verse 23, only Noah and his company on the ship lived. Now, I just want to catch you up where we are in the, in the account of Noah. We've got a world that's gone crazy, a world that was very dark, and God said, I need to preserve a light in a dark place. And Noah, I want you to build a boat. What was the purpose of the ark? Everybody listen to me. The purpose of the ark was this. To shelter them from the elements of the world that they were living in. It was to provide a sheltering place. Was it perfect? No, it actually it stunk at times. <laughs> Had a lot of animals in there. Was it perfect? Absolutely no. It was rocking and reeling. But it provided a sheltering place from the elements of their day. And here's something bigger than that. It kept them on top of the problem. The ark did not save them. 
God saved them. But the ark sheltered them from the elements and it kept them on top of their issue. And ladies and gentlemen, you'll never be saved by being a member of a local church. Only Jesus can save us. But a local church plays the role for you and your family in these areas. It will give you a place of shelter from a messed up world. Is the church perfect? No. Smells at times. Rocks and reels at times. Has its issues. It's creaky. It's cracky. May even spring a leak. But it will keep you from the elements And it will also keep you on top of your issues. The local church partners with God in the process of bringing you through to the other side. I've always said it this way. Churches don't save you. Only Jesus does. But churches will play a role in keeping you saved. So ladies and gentlemen, the church, Calvary Church is a place going into 2019 that you need to find some shelter in and to help you stay on top of some of the issues that the world wants you to sink to the bottom from. Let me introduce you to someone that's new to our family here. Her name is Perla. I just received this email in the last week or two. It's going to be a little lengthy. And I ask you just to hang in there with me because you don't want to snooze through this one. My name is Perla. My husband, Paul, and my son, Aaron, are from New Mexico. We were baptized, confirmed, and married in the Catholic Church. We now live here and attend Calvary Church of Fort Worth. Six months after moving to Texas, the Lord blessed us with our son, I found myself as a young wife and mother living in a new place without a family nor a support system. My husband, Paul, was working 60 to 70 hours a week to provide for us as a family. I developed postpartum syndrome. It's a depression. And I would cry all day. And I would cry all night. I I suffered from insecurities in my parenting in my marriage and in other areas. I felt lonely and anxious. I shut myself out from people and would only speak with words of anger. I was very negative and complained about every little thing around me. Listen to this. I would close my eyes and see myself standing on a big tall rock with my surrounding being nothing but dark gray fogginess and just standing there not moving or talking but with a desire to scream my lungs out. Even though I was feeling all that inside, nobody ever knew what I was going through, not even me. I felt lost. I didn't know who to tell or what to ask for. I just needed God to help me. My brother-in-law moved to Fort Worth about a year after we did. He's a Christian, and he came across Calvary Church of Fort Worth. He would talk about how much he loved it and how everybody was so nice. He invited me, and I don't know why, but I said yes. That day, Pastor Tommy, something really weird, I love that word, something really weird happened to me. 
I felt at peace with myself for the first time in a really long time. Deep inside, I felt so good and I loved it. A few months later, he invited me again and he insisted that I go. So I went again and I felt the same thing again. I asked my husband if he would consider going with me and he said, no, we're not Christian. A few months passed and I asked him again and he went with me. Since that day, Pastor Tommy, we can't get enough of Calvary Church. We both feel at home and accepted. The way that you preach is so intense. I I received that as a compliment. The way you preach is so intense, but not attacking in any way. You understand that we're all different and that we all come from different backgrounds. You make it very clear that Jesus loves us all the same. And that's exactly what I needed to know. My life has changed. I cry less and I laugh more. I love more and respect more. I have slowly left my depression behind. And, I even, and even though I still have my blue days, I don't feel alone because I know I have Jesus by my side. I have hope. Not only do I feel better, but the way I think and speak has changed as well. I'm not that mean, angry person all the time anymore. I have a beautiful relationship with my husband and with my son. God put me in the right place at the right time. With the right pastor to answer my prayer and help me get out of that deep hole I was in. I can't thank you enough because of the way you preached that Sunday. Something moved inside me. I've been closer to the Lord this past year than I've ever been in my life. I'm still learning about our great father, but at least I know the spiritual path that I want and the church that I want to call my home for those reasons. I'm ready to accept Jesus into my life. And I need you to baptize me because he chose you to preach to me and to give me the healing and strength that I've been asking for. I write to you today to let you know the impact that Calvary Church has made in my family. I'm looking forward to making a new big church family. Thank you for reading this huge letter. But I really wanted you to understand Calvary has changed our lives. This church won't save you. It can't. It's just a building. Padded pews and warm heat in winter and cold air in summer. It's just under 12 acres of dirt with just about 50,000 square feet of space. This church can't save you. But this church teaches, preaches, lives by that Jesus can. And once you give your heart to him, and once you start running with the right people, if you'll connect to a healthy church, a life-giving, Bible-teaching church, it will shelter you from some of the elements that this life will bring to your front door. And it will keep you on top of some of the issues that you will have to live through. But it will partner with God into ensuring that one day you'll slide open your door and there'll be sunshine again. 
and the flood waters will recede. It's called the rapture. The calling away, the catching up of the church. The book of 1 Thessalonians tells us this. Chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. And with a shout, the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain. Everyone say the church. Come on, everybody. Everybody say the church. We that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Over the Christmas holiday, my mother wanted to spend some time at the cemetery that my father chose for his resting place. So we as a little family went to the cemetery. And while standing there, it crossed my mind yet again. I've, I've known this about this particular cemetery, but I've not thought about it in a while. And I was standing there beside where my father's at rest. And, and it crossed my mind, and I shared it with my family that was there. They've placed it into their bylaws as a cemetery that everyone that's laid to rest there, no matter, no matter their background, no matter their, 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 their religious belief, if you go be buried there, you'll be buried facing the east. Because the Bible declares to us that the church, the church of Jesus Christ, and all of the little local Bible teaching, life-giving churches around the world, if your name is written in that book, guess what happens? The eastern sky will split. And the trump of God shall declare the calling away of the church. Very similar to Noah's experience of sliding open that little door on that ark and realizing the sun is shining. There's coming a day, Perla has had a sun shining experience. And there's coming a day for all of us. Whether you have a breakout moment in this world where your dark days are over. Or whether you just stay on board. There'll be a day when the sun shines again for the church. Now this church exists in these areas of ministry. And I'm, I'm about to close. If our worship team would join me. This local church has put a few things in place to serve you in 2019. Calvary's kids exist for a place for children, young children, to hear the word of God, to be loved on in a safe environment to where they can hear the principles and the truths of the word of the Lord. Our student ministry, junior high and high school ministry, it exists to give students of that Formidable years, relationships, friendships, strength and faith. Also a place that they can hear the word of God in a relevant way. 
and to teach them that they can change the world just like the disciples did. Why is it critical we know all this? Because you're just one generation from extinction in your family line from following Christ. My number one priority is not pastor in this church. My number one priority is going to heaven and taking my little family of four with me. What's your priority in 2019? Partner with us as we strive to be better and more excellent and more effective in our children and our student ministry. But then Calvary thought, what about those with special needs? So we birthed many, 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 many years now the Connection Station, a ministry for those that require some special need. Their sins are covered by the same blood that covers ours. And they are as important as you and I. And we decided, you know, they need an ark just like we do. So therefore, we've put on this campus a special building that has special people with special love and special grace and mercy. And then last but not least, why do we push small groups so big here? It's just 26 weeks out of the year. Ten weeks in the spring, six in the summer, ten in the fall. What's the big point? Because we know there's just some needs that can't be met in big group settings. And we ask you, to go into 2019 with just a different mindset. Give your life to Jesus. Run with the right people. And connect to this healthy church. And make 2019 the best year of your life. Would you do me the favor today and stand? And and we're a little smaller attendance on this holiday Sunday. Would you be so cool and gracious to me? Could you guys just come down to the front real quick? I just want to get you a little closer. Worship team, get ready and help me here. Everybody come a little closer. We got a little, I don't understand this church today. Uh, From my perspective, we're real heavy on the left side. So we have a bunch of liberal left wingers. Oh, you're looking at it from this side. Okay. I'm just stirring the pot a little bit. Hey, can you make a little room over here? This this conservative side's running a little low. Just having a little fun with you. We're kind of backing up in those aisles. Can we just spread apart? Denora, I'll ask your forgiveness later. But on that front row is a microphone. I want you to grab it and come up here with me. Worship team, go ahead and lead us. Let's worship for a moment. Great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great.
for this church? Aren't you thankful for this message today? Come on, let's give it up for Pastor Tommy. Just want to pray over us. Let's just bow our heads and just thank the Lord for an incredible year. Father, we're just believing that the best is in store for every one of us, God. That you are guiding us, that you are leading us, that you are ordering our steps, Father. Your word is so true. And we have nothing to fear. We have nothing, God, to be afraid of, God. We know that you have it all in your hands, that you hold it all in your hands, Father. So we give our lives to you, Jesus. We give our future to you, our plans, God. We place them in your hands. And we're believing for an incredible 2019, God. We pray peace and joy and hope over our homes, over our families, God, over every marriage in this building, God. Lord, over our children, Jesus. Lord, let this be the year that they draw closer to you, Father. Let us draw closer to you as families, Father. Let your Holy Spirit be poured out on every one of us, Father, as we seek you with all our heart, Father. We know that you are faithful to pour out your Spirit, God. We know that you are faithful, God, to answer prayer, God, to answer, God, things that we've been praying for, that we've been believing for, God. We're going to believe in you for more, Father. Let our faith rise up today, God, and know that you are a God of miracles, that you are a wonderful God. You you are a miracle-working God, Jesus. Lord, we place our faith in you today, Father. We know that tomorrow will be better than yesterday was, Lord. We know, God, that you hold our future, Father, and we just trust you, Lord, for more. We believe all these things, and we thank you in advance. We thank you for your goodness and for your faithfulness, God. We receive it in the name of Jesus. And everyone say... Amen. Come on, turn to someone and give them a big old hug. Turn to someone and